There is a thin divide between what is perceived as spiritual and what is perceived as paranormal, for they are forever intertwined throughout time. Traveling within the history of the world, we can find examples of spirituality that involves everything from magic, spirits, gods and goddesses, seers, or people said to be able to talk to the dead, to the great beyond. We all have our belief systems, we all have our own truths, so let us possibly bend those truths a bit with some insights and perspectives that may be different than yours or even give validation for what you see as true. Come sit with myself and the best of the best in the research, teaching, discovery, and practitioners of the day. My name is Bear Medicine Walker, and I welcome you to Spiritually Paranormal. Well, welcome. It's Thursday night this time. We're doing the show a little later uh, today, but I'm really excited because I have a young one with me today, and uh, her name is Miss Stephanie Hutnick, and she's actually one of the uh, co-founders uh, co of the Parasquad from Detroit and works uh, as a psychic medium doing uh, on Detroit Paranormal Expeditions as well as other things. So welcome, Miss Steph. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I always, I, I just love it. Yeah, I'm just, I, you know, it's one of those things that um, we met a while ago just because your feet, you know, everything, nothing's coincidence, you know. That's we met what, through a, a Facebook Live, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, and I I don't remember if it was mine, yours, or what. I remember. I was doing Psychic Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And yeah, popped yeah. in. So I was just answering intuitive questions live. And you popped in. You made a couple comments. And then you messaged me after thanking me for sharing my gifts with other people. And then we kind of just really formed a friendship from there. And and I love it. I absolutely Me love too. it. And I love you to death. And I love you, you have been since that time, which wasn't really that awful. It was more like springtime, I think. You've been on an incredible uh, journey where all kinds of new things are happening for you and, and, and just doors flying open and good things and your gifts are getting stronger and, and I, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I always call it a, a blessing and a curse. As that, so. You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, yeah, that's what I say every day. It's, it's a blessing and a curse, you know. What are you going to yeah. do? Depends but on yeah. the mood of the day, right? Right, and the moon and <laughs> whatever <laughs> retrograde we're in. But no, you're right. I mean, life's been a whirlwind the past six months. But I'm so blessed. Oh, yeah. You know, and... We were just talking a little bit uh, here before the show um, and talking about how crazy the energy's been. Yeah. I how, don't. How's it affected you and people you know? Well, I don't know. I can't speak for anyone. I, well, there's a couple of people that I talk to on a regular basis um, that have been feeling the funk, I guess. So uh, I call it psychic sick. I don't know if anybody <laughs> else calls it that. But. Um, I wish that was a valid excuse to call into work, but, um, yeah, I call it psychic sick. It's just like the energy changes so quickly. Yesterday I was like in a really good mood. I was perfectly fine. I start driving home from work and I'm like, why am I so emotional and crabby right now? Um, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It feels off. I can't really pinpoint it though. Well, I know I, I, told you i storm sestavani who's an amazing astrologer and very gifted tarot reader and he's a very dear friend of mine i call him nephew he calls me aunt bear he had put a post up and i just looked at it and i said god you know can't you ever have anything nice to put up on today <laughs> and he said look i'm i'm heading for underneath my desk take cover and i'm like move over dude i'm gonna come too and he said not enough room i go if i bring chocolate and he's like okay <laughs> so we're all feeling this um 
you know, I, it's not just the earth and I, I wish I could blame it on climate control or climate, right. you know what I'm talking about. Um, but it's not, it's really, you know, and, and, and a lot of people, you know, are blaming it on that. And part of it can be put to that, but not all of it because it's the cycle that the earth and the planets go through. And if you follow astrology at all, you can see the cycle is like coming back again, you know, coming back through. So the energy shifts though, and how they affect us are real. And I believe that um, people who are sensitive like ourselves um, feel it more so. And sometimes I think people who are oblivious to that kind of spiritual side of things um, don't really know what's going on. And I think a lot of it is also affected by how negative our world is. What do you think? Oh, a thousand percent. I, you know, I can't even watch the news anymore. I just don't. I can't. It's like, I, and I always ask myself, I'm like, was the world always this messed up or did I just not pay attention? <laughs> um, but no, you're, you're right. Like us sensitives or anybody who's sensitive or intuitive, I, it's almost like you can pinpoint the exact moment the energy changes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you're having a manic episode all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that it, you know, astrology wise, I, I think it has to do with retrogrades or, you know, um, the moon's phases and cycles and, but you know, us as, as humans and, uh, it, it does affect it. It has to. It has to. I have to believe that it has to. Well, I look, was actually talking with my neighbor, one of my neighbors here, um, another person that recently has moved in to the area here year round. And for the most part, I'm, I'm not, there's not a lot of people where I'm at a year round, just in the summer and fall and then winter and spring. They're not really typically here, but I was talking to her and you can even tell the difference in the energy by paying attention to the creatures that are around you, whether you're in the city or whether you're in the country or whether you're kind of like, you know, on the outskirts of the city where you have a little bit more property, you know, where squirrels and birds and butterflies and crickets and grasshoppers, um, you can see a difference even with them. Um, how the cycles are going through, not only um, climate-wise, but energetically. I don't know. Have you noticed any of that downstate? Yes. Yeah, so I'm in the city, right? But yeah, yeah. And mention might mention too that Steph is also in Michigan. Um, she's in the Metro Detroit area where I grew up. So yeah, we're both in Michigan and from Michigan. So that's just a little side note. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so even being in the city. Um, I sit out, I spend a lot of time sitting outside as much as I can. And I pay attention to the birds. I, I'm, I feel like I'm always focused on the birds, but they, they're acting strange. They're more vocal. I feel like the way they normally fly around and land has been different. I, I can't, you know, I don't know, but yeah, I, I, um, do you have a, do you have a dog? I have two, but they haven't been with me for the past month. They actually come back to me on Monday, and I'm really excited. But <laughs> they've always been um, assigned to me. I can always tell um, by the way that they're acting. Like, you know, if they get lethargic or or start, you know, just pacing or they do weird things. And I know, you know, it correlates with the energy at that moment, too. Well, now you're um, considered a psychic medium. Okay, mm -hmm. and I'm going to ask you the question that often gets asked of me, but I'm going to let you answer because it does vary from person to person. Now, do you see and hear, see or hear or both spirit all the time? Are they always around you or do you ever get a break? I get a break. And how do you get a break? Tell them that I'm not, I'm busy. <laughs> Um, I really, you know, I'm, I suppressed this in me for a really long time until the past couple of years. So as a psychic medium, I'm learning every day and 
Um, it used to be where it was just constant, constant, constant. I'd be at the grocery store and, you know, walk by somebody and be like, oh, geez. Um, but it's it settled down a lot. And I, I really attribute that to me setting boundaries. Okay. Good deal. That's a good thing. That's not a bad yeah. thing. Um, now, because and you're younger than I am, you know, um, how do you recommend to young people, even younger than yourself or kids or whatever, how do you, how, what do you suggest they handle when they have these kind of uh, abilities? I'll call them that that's a better word than gifts abilities that yeah. kind of rise up uh, within their life. What, what would you offer for the parents and um, for the young people? Uh, listening you know that's such a tough question because growing up I I didn't know what to do and I didn't necessarily have a support system Um, and you know I always joke and say I wish there was like a psychic medium class um, that we could all just take if we you know felt we had abilities um, or some kind of test I don't know (laughs) but you know, I think that a lot of times people that are gifted or have abilities often get called crazy or are, you know, assumed to have a possible mental disorder. Does this and, still go on? Does this yeah. still go on now? Okay. What? I know it was I know it was huge when I was young and in my teens and my 20s, huge. But I thought it I had hoped anyway it had eased up a bit. No, it's, uh, you know, they're crazy or they're lying or they're making it up or, and and that makes me really, really sad because we don't choose that. We don't choose to have abilities. And like you said earlier, it's both a blessing and a curse, but you and I, at least (laughs) our goal is to help other people. And I, you know, I've found amazing people like you and a handful of others that have helped guide me through this process and my journey. But what I would recommend is, you know, listen to your child. Encourage them to be uniquely weird and, and let them be weird and let them figure it out. But also, you know, I started going to my local metaphysical shop never had a reading before. I could do readings, but I never had one. And I said, oh, let me give this a shot. Well, those, those women and men became a detrimental part in me growing as a psychic medium because it, it started with a reading and turned into guidance and intuitive counseling, so to speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then the more you're open to it and, the, you know, you have to explain you accept it within yourself and say, okay, this is just part of who I am. And you find other like-minded individuals that are more than willing to help you along the way. So, you know, you have been a big, huge influence um, in my life. There's several others in the paranormal world or spiritual world that have uh, also been there and guided me through. Um, But I don't know if there's a good answer for that because it's not that easy. It should well, be, but it's not that easy. I, I think that, um, you know, when the student shows up to the teacher, they'll find a teacher when it's needed. And I feel yeah. that um, the teacher's greatest gift is um, when the student steps up and, as their own on their own and becomes a teacher, you know. Right. Um, yeah. And we're all students all the time which I always say, and we're all teachers all the time by our actions and things we do and say. And, you know, but it's a, as tough as it was, and I'll, um, I'm going to verbally say this, as tough as it was for me growing up, like in the sixties, um, you know, by the time I was like seven and eight, I was really super aware. And my parents were too, that I had something going Mm on and then when I was in, uh, this, during the 70s, you know, was when um, things started coming out, like Raymond Moody, Dr. Raymond Moody was talking about, you know, life after death. And, um, you know, there it was starting to show up. You know, New Age wasn't really considered New Age quite yet. It was still kind of out there. And 
still kind of um, like psychics that were working with cops in the late 70s and early 80s were still kind of crackpots and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And through all those growing pains, and I'm actually watching, and you'll get a kick out of this, Unsolved Mysteries, the old shows with Robert Stack. I've started watching those, and they were from like the early 80s. And it's a, actually kind of humorous to watch the shows that involved psychics they called them just psychics back then that would help work with cops on missing cases and stuff like that and their approach and most of it though during the 80s were more ufos and aliens and that kind of stuff so as much the life after death and it was like the psychic friends hotline with ian warwick and stuff like that but I, I remember you know, those infomercials. Yeah, but you can't really laugh because they're the ones that really paved the way for what we do. And I'm not laughing at no, them. I, no, I, I know. I, I'm, but I'm, I am. I'm, it's been a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing too, but um, I just want people to know that's not why we're laughing. Yeah. But these are people that helped us, you know, get to where we are today. Although, um, I think, and this is, was my point, was it's almost more difficult doing what we do in the world the way it is today, sadly. Um, because I think the world is full of charged up negative emotional energy. Um, haters hate big, or haters hate bigger, <laughs> uh, stronger, harder. Um, I yeah. feel that there are a lot of negative things um, or negative, for lack of a better word, entities that are throwing more shade on those of us that are kind of doing this kind of work, spiritual work, mediumship, whatever you want to call it. Um, Because I think our lights are bright (laughs) that they're trying to, and I do believe it's kind of warfare. I do feel it's like spiritual warfare. Are your thoughts? Or did I just oh, throw a real yes and bomb out no. there? <laughs> I agree 1,000%. And I just experienced that for the first time. The craziest thing that's ever happened to me as a psychic medium, just like, like you know, a beacon of light, like come down and uh, mess with me, please. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't somewhere I thought would have, you know, much more than residual energy. And um, I was with two other very gifted people. And uh, it's an old firehouse. It's just an old firehouse. There's, there had been fires. There was a lot of residual, um, got a lot of EVPs. You know, we were, we were investigating, but there was a mirror in the attic and something not so great decided it wanted to come through the mirror in the middle of our investigation. All I remember is seeing this, I'm going to call it an interdimensional being. That's what I believe it to be. Um, Crawling upside down at the ceiling, staring at me. And it looked like Gollum from Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. which creeped me out because, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. The next thing I know, I'm with, I'm in a room with six people, and mind you, at this point, there's nothing much more than residual energy. All I, all I remember is saying, I'm not afraid, or, you know, and the next thing you know, I'm unconscious on the floor for 15 minutes, have no recollection of anything that happened to me. I come to, on fire... And hysterically crying. Still have no idea what happened. Well, um, first rule of thumb for everybody is, yes, this shit does happen. Yes, it does. Um, Second rule of thumb is, no, we're not making it up. Third rule of thumb is, whenever you're going into a place that you're not familiar with, cover up the freaking mirrors. Um. I don't like dealing with mirrors. I don't like That's mirror okay. gazing. Um, it's not a good thing to do. Um, and yes, there are interdimensional 
places. I mean, we're not, okay, we're not, at least I hope we're not, ignorant enough to think that we're the only dimension or that we're the only planet or that we're the only universe, you know. And this stuff is nasty when it wants to come through or finds an opening. Yeah. And these mirrors, normally, you know, covering them is something we would do. We didn't know they were there initially, um, and they were hidden in a corner of this attic. But I'm telling you, there was two right next to each other. They weren't facing each other. But who knows what somebody might have done with these mirrors? Mm-hmm. Another, <laughs> another rule of thumb when you're <laughs> investigating somewhere is protection, 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 because you don't know what other people have done prior to you being there. Exactly. Now, I don't, I'm not against scrying, but it's not something that I do. Um, I, I have no idea what those mirrors were actually intended for. They don't look, they belong there at all. And uh, yeah, I, so I basically, they, they jumped me, took my energy. That's the only explanation I have. Um, but it was filmed. I, I'm still waiting to see this film. But I woke up to somebody putting um, iron ore in my hand, telling me to balance and center myself. And I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what just happened? I have no idea. Um, yeah. I, I, anything can happen. And I never, you know, I kind of went in there a little blind and a little stupid. Um which is not something I normally do because even places I've investigated on a regular basis, I still go with full armor. Well, this is something that is um, kind of a knowledge based thing too. um, As you learn, as you step through and continue with abilities that you're working with, the stronger that you get and the more that you're recognized. Your light is recognized by other things. It doesn't really matter where you are. You need to be protected. Okay. Um, I was laughing because (laughs) Miss Katrina uh, Weidman sent me, (laughs) Weidman sent me a note. um, Oh, last month. And she asked me, she goes, Bear, is your house haunted? And I I thought, wow, that's kind of a interesting question to pose because as a medium, we are always surrounded by spirit. So not necessarily the house, but the house I am in, the home I'm in, yes, has spirit in it because of what I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, it doesn't matter day or night where people that do this kind of work are, we need to protect ourselves. Um, What happened to you in talking about the different dimensions, and this has been, oh, it's been probably five years now, but I was walking in, okay, don't laugh at me, but I was walking in the Walmart up here, and it mm-hmm. was the middle of the day. It was about one thirty in the <laughs> afternoon, and I was walking across the front of the store because we have a super Walmart here, and um, I w- came in on the food side, and I had to go to the other side where the pet food and stuff was, so I had to walk uh-huh. across the store. And as I was walking up to the other entrance doors... Um, I looked up and it was like a blur, like, you know how, when you look at the pavement and the heat's hitting the pavement and it kind of comes up off the ground and it kind of has like a mirage, but it's kind of shaky and the heat kind of, so I looked at it and that's the kind of look I saw, like the heat wave in the store, but it, it wasn't hot in the store or anything or no reason for it to happen. But I was looking at myself, looking at myself Ooh. as I was approaching. So I was standing in front of me, looking at me coming across the front of the store. It was really weird. And I kind of stopped and I looked and I thought, what the heck? And like the hole behind me was mirrored in front of me. And I walked all the way to the other side and I stood there and I was about, oh, I don't know, about eight feet away from it. And I was like staring at myself and I was, but I was in different clothes. If that'll flip you out a little bit. And I'm standing there and I'm like looking at myself and both of us were kind of like, what the heck is happening here? And I passed out just like what you did. I just, and that's not something I typically do or plan to do. 
I just collapsed right on the floor in Walmart. I woke up about six, seven minutes later, <coughs> um, had people all around me saying, back up, give her some room, had somebody hand me a bottle of water, say, are you okay? And I'm like, what the heck? Right. I mean, and there was no reason for it. And when I got up and looked, that dimensional heat or whatever was gone. So it, it kind of like we always need to protect ourselves, especially when we do this kind of work, especially when right. we do this kind of work. A thousand percent. I don't know what I would have done if, if I saw myself looking at myself in different clothes and acknowledging that they thought it was weird too. Uh, it was bizarre. I, and that, it wasn't just that alone I might have passed out. Yeah, well, people who know me, I don't do drugs. Um, that would, you know, I don't do drugs. I take Motrin. That's not going to cause that. <clears throat> and I don't drink. So, you know, that's out. Um, so I, I have no idea what it was. Absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. To this day, I don't know. I'll never forget it, though, because it was so bizarre. Right. I can't imagine. Just like you. Yeah. I mean, I'll how... never know what actually happened. Well, at least we know we weren't beamed up by aliens because our bodies were still held by our, our people that we knew in on the ground. Right. That's a good thing, right? Yes, I that's think. a really good thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have another interesting topic that was thrown at me and I, and you, I, you know, I'm, I don't do investigations uh, up here. I don't get around the state very often anymore uh, to do Uh this sort of stuff. So I love watching what you guys do and some of my other friends do uh, because my legs just, I don't think I could, well, maybe I could, but I'm not sure anymore. Um, Cursed objects though. Uh, are a, a big, I don't know, I for me, they're a big controversy with a lot of people. Um, what are your thoughts on cursed objects? Um, I want to have a collection of them. <laughs> cursed or haunted objects? Because I think the haunted, word cursed, cursed, okay. haunted. Because cursed to me, you know, maybe mean a little bit different thing than haunted objects. But um you know, I actually have a couple of items. Um, I, ha- I have people very close to me that have collections. I do believe that things can either hold really charged residual energy. I also believe certain objects can also have attachments to them or be, you know, you know like the conjuring chest, for instance. Hmm. I... I haven't seen it. I haven't touched it. I don't know. But or Robert the doll. Robert the doll freaks me out, okay? <laughs> He's not even creepy looking. But I've read all those stories where people go see him, they take his picture, and they get a car accident right after they leave, and then they lose their house and their job and their cat. And I'm like, uh-uh. No doll's worth that. I'm taking a picture for that. But, um, <laughs> There's My another doll. Did she? What yeah, did she, she was, think? Um, you'll have to ask her when you see her. Um, I will. She, um, you know, she was down when she was in college. I want to say her junior year. She was down in Florida in the Keys for a month for school. Mm-hmm. And one of the places they went and checked out was where Robert the doll was have another friend of mine, Cindy Plume, who actually has a radio show here on BTR called Keeping It uh, Real with Cindy. Um, she lives down in the Keys, and she helps uh, send people over for investigations with Robert the Dow and the building he's in, because it's kind of sort of like a little mini museum down there. Right. And she she don't like him either. So <laughs> but I don't. Dolls are kind of soul, what I consider soul catchers. Yes. So that's what I meant. Like um, dolls or um, like I have a chest right here in my living room right now from the early 1800s. And it was used on carriages to transport money and gold. And um, it has energy. It's not haunted, though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I, I do think that 
um, depending on intent, who, who owned it, what they did with it, um, who knows? But you're I, right. I think, There's a difference, I think right? that it can be vessels. I think anything can be a vessel for, for spirit. If well, it, if I think you're really... right, though. They can be haunted or they can be haunted and cursed. Yes. Yes. So um, is this chest haunted? I'd say no, but I'd say that it has a really strong energy. Mm-hmm. So it's got residual energy from the past. Yes, very strong residual energy. Then I was in an antique store in Detroit, and I, oh, I rarely go antiquing because I freak the frick out in an antique <laughs> store so quick. It's not even funny. Um, but I, I made myself go in there as uncomfortable as I was. My skin was crawling. And I look at this old Victorian photo, and I, I, I'm staring at it. And then I just kind of drifted as I'm staring at it. And I, 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 you know, I realized that I wasn't really focusing anymore. And I'm like, okay, what is this? Why am I, why am I standing here? And where did I just go for, for two minutes? But it was this Victorian era photo of a baby. And it looks exactly like me. Like so much so that I sent it to my mom and she goes, I don't have a baby picture of you like that. Where'd you get that? And I'm like, not me, mom. Not me. That's life, man. Guess what? I bought that picture and it's in a frame (laughs) and it's in my house. (laughs) Best five dollars I've ever spent in my life. That's just crazy. Well, have you gone down to being from Michigan to the Henry Ford Museum or Greenfield Village? I, you know what I would love to do? I've been to Greenfield Village, like, for fun with family and stuff. I would love to just actually go there and open myself up to really just focus on the different energies. I felt it, but I wasn't going there, like, for that specifically so I, I think I probably ignored a lot of it but well what about the, the museum crazy. of the old streets of Detroit down on what is it I think it's in Wood on Woodward isn't it Woodward Avenue where you can go underneath and they take you back through or maybe that is the Henry Ford Museum no it's I think it's on Woodward I've never heard of that oh you go downstairs and it's the paved brick streets of old Detroit and they've got shops what? and stuff down there uh, no, I need to find that. That one, I think I would be willing to make a trip to come down and do, uh, sit with you and Let's bring Taylor and sit and do EVPs and sit down there all night. I would, I Let's would be willing do to it. do that. Let's I want to say it. it's the Detroit Historical Museum. I'm going to do some research because that is really intriguing. And I remember as a kid going down there. And all my friends were like, oh, this is so cool. And I was like, oh, all I was seeing was dead people. So, yeah, not my, you know what I mean? Wasn't, yeah. it was like, not my cup of tea. And, um, but it kind of reminded me of when my friends, yeah, it's a Detroit Historical Museum. That's exactly what it is. Well, I'm so in. Um, Have you ever been to historical, the Canfield District? No. So the original cobblestone street, Canfield's a long street, but there's there's a specific um, area down by traffic jam and snug. Yes, 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 yes. The first house on that street, we call it the Canfield House. Just, you know, we have to name it something. Is somewhere that we've been um, able to investigate multiple times. And it used to be um, a, a bar in the basement during the Prohibition days. Yep. Um, the yep. Purple Gang hung out around there. Yep. It was farmland. There was fires. I mean, yep. the energy on that street and the cobblestone. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I do a lot with my hands um, when I'm doing energy work in general or, or trying to, you know, pick up things. Mm-hmm. I've always been a touchy person. Like the second I touch it, I am almost like jolted back to when, uh, you know, it's 1902 or something, right, right. but <clears throat> I can't touch that street. Freaks me out. <laughs> Every time it freaks me out. 
You mean you don't want to lay down in the middle of it and say, okay, show me the world? No. I mean, I do. I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> no, like New Orleans? Forget no, it. I can't I be go. in New Orleans without crying or no, or saying, stop touching me or something. I won't go. <laughs> I won't go. And now after Katrina hit down there, I, I will definitely never go there. But even before that, I did not want to go there. I have an aversion to it, a huge aversion to New Orleans. Will not go. Will not go. Ever. Yeah. What about the Gem Theater? Have you guys been down there? No, that's somewhere. Is that on Wood? Is that the one on Woodward? They actually moved. Yeah, they actually moved <laughs> it from its original place. Um, and it's been a number of years since I've been there. A good friend of mine used to work there, and um, they told me kinds of stories. Her and the coworkers down there. And when we go down there, you'd hear all kinds of stuff. I mean, it, it was old too, but they actually moved it. Um, a few blocks over from where it was originally. So, yeah, that would be a really cool place for you guys to check out, too. Yeah, I mean, there's so yeah. much. You know, people, I think people are like, why do you guys investigate in Detroit? Well, why, you know, just because New Orleans and Savannah, Georgia, you know, these particular cities and states are known for their old history. Every single state and city has their own old history. And it could be just as tragic or, or Detroit before when Michigan. Okay. I mean, even back in like uh, when Custer was alive and the red coats were coming through and through Mm -hmm. Canada and the fur traders and in the Detroit river, you know, coming up the Detroit river and things like that, even in those times, but even in more modern times of the 1900s, um, the mob, um, you know, my parents, the purple came, gang. Yeah. And my parents, mm-hmm. my dad came from, he was Belgium and he came through Ellis Island when he was seven years old to get away from the Germans. And it was like, and that was my family that adopted me and his family, his father was actually, um, air airman mechanic um, mm-hmm. during the, when the Nazis occupied Europe and they came over through Ellis Island. He came first and him and his uncle set up a place in Detroit. Now this is like the 1900s. This is like before yeah. prohibition, you know? So then you got all these people yeah. later on, you know, so there are all these immigrants coming in and then you've got like the river from Canada to Michigan, you know, where they were rum runners, you know, all the way up to yeah. Port Huron. Um, there is so much in Corktown. I mean, there's so much, and there's so much, and I hate to say it, but it's like there's so much violent history in Michigan, yes. in the Detroit area, yes. that to capture things and validate some of the history that was there. Look at when the riots, when I was a kid, um, when I was seven years old, the Detroit, seven and eight, the Detroit riots were going on. You know, they had tanks you know, rolling down Woodward and Jefferson. Hello, my grandparents. You mentioned riots. of it. Yeah, we actually investigate quite often the old 6th Precinct in Detroit, which a lot of the riots, it was a big part of the riots when they were going on. That's where they were taken. That's where they were detained. Um, It's it's brutal history, honestly. And we have Hoffa. um, We have, you know, the Purple Gang I keep mentioning. I don't know why they're on the forefront of my mind right now, but... um, and then, you know, you mentioned the fur trading and all that whole area. But when you come into the border through the tunnels from Canada and you and you enter Detroit, basically everywhere you walk, you are walking on uh, burial ground. Blood and blood. And blood. Yep. Blood and yep. no one realizes that. Like, you're, oh, I'm in Hart Plaza. Actually, you're standing on uh, about 4,000 dead bodies. Yep. And you have no idea. Yep. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's intense history. It's tragic. It's sad. There's so many fires. Oh, um, my gosh. Of one course. thing about Detroit I can say is we, we have not done a great job at preserving um, our historical locations, which is 
it really makes me sad, but I mean, it is what, you know, what are we going to do? Um, but yeah, I, it's, you know, we, we just want to make people, you know, it's not just always paranormal investigating. It's not always me being a psychic medium. Sometimes it's telling the story because otherwise sometimes that might never even be told. Well, I, you know, you keep talking and it's really funny. You keep talking and bringing up the purple gang and they were actually also known as the sugar house gang. I believe mm-hmm. it was. We have a bar down here called the sugar house. Oh, it could very well be because it was the downtown Detroit area that they um, were prevalent in and they were bootleggers, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, um, my dad, that's my dad, like where the original Tiger Stadium was over on Nellis Field. Nellis. That's where, that's where Sugar House is. Well, that's where my, that's, <laughs> that's why you keep hearing it. Because my dad played ball there before it became Tiger Stadium. He oh, used to wow. play softball down there when he was a kid and as a teen. So him and my mom would, he, my mom, before they were married, would go down and watch um, uh, him play ball. And he played yeah. ball down there for years. And the sugar gang, you know, my dad would bring that up. And, you know, my mom would be like, oh, it was really not a really safe time. Although people, it was much safer than it is now. Mm-hmm. And my grandparent, my grandparents were actually divorced. And the man that my <clears throat> grandmother, my mom's mom, remarried, my step was her stepdad was the only grandfather that I knew, but her father, my mom's father, my adoptive mother, um, used to, um, be a street car, um, engineer. He used to run mm-hmm. it, you know, like a trolley car, not a trolley. It was a, a street car and it used to run down through all that. And they used to always have fights and it was all over, well, you know, hookers and uh, right. gambling, and all that and gambling. He used to, they used to, my mom used to go down <laughs> in the streetcar, like they used to call them the streetcar stables. And he, she'd find her biological dad down there shooting craps. So these were, this was, this was a violent era back in those days. So there's, yeah, you're right. There is a lot of things and it is kind of sad, but I think we lost a lot of the historical buildings down there in the 60s yeah when the riots came through i really i'm a really firm believer of that firm believer okay so tell us a little bit well I mean, we're sitting here we can talk for hours i'm sure tell us a yeah. little bit about <laughs> your you guys kind of made the news recently uh with something that um you you had told me the other day you were actually very surprised that it kind of took off like it did. And uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Cause you guys are kind of sort of famous now. I think I should ask <laughs> you for your autograph and stuff. Seriously. No, I mean, I were my, me and my, and the whole team were all shocked and blown away by uh, how much interest. Um, so, so let me backtrack, I guess. So um, Eloise, the asylum, uh, the psychiatric hospital, or Eloise is a compound, really, because when it first it was built in the 18, early 1800s, was 902 acres and had 75 buildings. We were talking, this place was so massive, it had its own fire department, area code, and police department. That's crazy, isn't it? And that's um, in the city of Westland, correct? Yes, it's in Westland. It's on Michigan Avenue and Merriman Road. And um, to to this day, there's only two buildings that Stand, um, the K Beard building and the power plant. So they had their own power plant. They're running off their own power grid and, and everything. Um, the history with the building is, you know, it was a it was a psychiatric. It started as a psychiatric hospital, and at that time in the early to mid 1800s, all these new techniques were being used. Well, they were new at the time, like electro shock therapy, hydrotherapy. Um, lobotomies these horrific things that we know now to be horrific were happening um, and people thought they were actually getting help Um, it's also you know it was a main a general hospital there was a women's ward I I could go on and on with the history of this building but it was a poorhouse too wasn't it it was a poorhouse or something yeah yes Wayne County 
owned it until about two years ago, I want to say. Or, no, the Wayne County just lost ownership of it this year. It was purchased for $1 <laughs> um, with, you know, the plan to put $20 million in development into, into the land. Um, and, we, and we're working with the developer, and um, you know what? They're amazing people. And uh, he's, not, he's not demolishing the building. He wants to preserve it the best he can and, and, and keep it a historical landmark here in the greater Detroit area. So we, um, which is huge because it's like, isn't it like from like 1830 something that it's 1839, I believe. Yeah. 10,000 patients and 2000 staff at one time. Holy crow. Um, there's a movie, there's two movies about Eloise. Um, one's more recent, I think 2016 with Eliza Dushku and Chase Crawford. Um, they did actually film in the building. Um, it's a little elaborate of a story, but it is a good movie. So, I mean, it's been portrayed on TV and in movies, but no one's ever been allowed inside. Oh, how and awesome. So we were the very first people that didn't work there that were given access to the building. And we did a overnight investigation. And, uh, you know, got to talking with the owner and developer and they're like, we want other people to be able to experience this too. How can we, what can we do? Mm -hmm. So we are now putting on tours Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays for the next probably 18 months. (laughs) Um, (laughs) For the rest of my life. (laughs) For the rest of my life, I'll be at Eloise. Um, But you know what? sad but it's not and it's dark but it's not and creepy but it's not and it just has this weird beauty to it even with the paint chipping off the walls and I mean they they left it like they just ran out of that place there's still surgical chairs surgical equipment hospital beds hospital equipment supplies that in the day modern age time and with the um and I don't know I this is my background cuz I worked in the hospitals uh, HIPAA which is you know privacy laws for patients that they just get up hospitals they leave medical waste they leave records they leave you know all this stuff and they just like get up and okay goodbye and they just leave mm-hmm. it mhm and there yeah. were people there. There were people that lives mattered. And, I mean, this isn't only just at Eloise. This is at, like, across the United States. You know, you find places like this. And it just, to me, like you said, it, it it's kind of an opportunity, I think, for some of those voices that were left behind to be heard. It's, and that's what I said earlier. It's telling their story. And, you know, I, I want to clear this up because I think we're getting misunderstood by a lot of people. Um, And we respect everyone's opinions, but at the end of the day, we're not trying to glamorize what happened to these people, uh, the torment and, and procedures that were done to them. No, we're not glamorizing it. We're not saying it was cool. We're not um, being disrespectful to these, to these spirits in any way, shape or form. We actually go in there with the most and, and tell them, you know, what our intentions are and and we we just want people to be able to see this building for for what it exactly what it is before it's not Eloise anymore mm-hmm. and there's a lot of interest uh, you know we're getting a lot of people they're like oh I broke in there all the time in the 80s oh I broke in there <laughs> two months ago oh my god I'm having deja vu right now and I hate deja vu <laughs> But, you need to okay before you say another word you need to stand up go to the window and tell the birds to be quiet can you hear them yes cuz the whole They're time so you started loud. talking about Eloise they've gotten louder yep they're very loud oh yeah they're beautiful oh, and i'm actually yeah. hearing some wild canaries out there as well so yeah they need to be birds quiet. are they're usually loud around me. Um, <laughs> you know, I, people are, you know, 
thinking we're being disrespectful, all that. No. That's not that's not what we're trying to do. And we really didn't. I mean, initially, we only opened two weekends for these tours. And it sold out in four minutes. Mm-hmm. And then we were getting message after message after message, like, are you going to do more? Are you going to do more? So now we're up to eight weekends <laughs> and Halloween and Devil's Night. And every single tour is sold out, completely sold out. Um, the proceeds are going to charity, which is huge. Where We um, we work with gleaners a lot here in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And we, we volunteer with them. So we're going to donate to gleaners. And then the owner um, wants to donate to the Spina Bifida Foundation because that's very near and dear to him and his family. So the money is going to a good cause. And it's it's more of a historical tour than in a, a paranormal investigation. Mm-hmm. How awesome. So, yeah, that's where I'll be the next eight weekends. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Holy but Haunted, let's go back to Haunted Objects really quick, though. Okay. Because I may have taken home a brick from Eloise. <laughs> <laughs> you may have. <laughs> it might be in my house. Um <laughs> And my roommate, Lauren's not, she's on my paranormal team too. And she's like, uh, that's never coming in the house. And I'm like, you don't know where it is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Holy crow. No, you guys, you cannot take bricks from there. I was bad. Don't do what I did. (laughs) You were, I thought you said you were given that gift. uh, Oh yeah. I was given that. Yeah. He gave you that for doing what you guys are doing. Yeah. He did. It was a gift. Mm -hmm. Big difference. Big difference. Yep, don't take property that doesn't belong to you. <laughs> not a good thing. Absolutely not a good thing. Now you made me forget I was going to bring something else up, and you made me forget. So it must have been a lie, right? That's what they always say. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about that. We talked about that. I can't remember what I was going to ask you. Hmm. Now do you hear the crickets? Oh, I hear crickets all. I I live in the woods, so I hear crickets. Crickets twenty four seven. Did you see my They're puffers? There too. I feed crickets to my puffers. Um, no, but I have to see them. I love puffers. Yeah, well, you need to make that was another thing I was going to tell you. You know, you need to pack all your cares of woe and come up here. Uh, well, I don't know because you're. You're, you're going to be an inmate of Eloise for so long. <laughs> it might be but you might want to head north because there's all kinds of cool places to investigate up here as well. And um, I know uh, even going even farther up to, um, yeah, up north, the Mackinac, Mackinac, Island and bridge and all that stuff area. Well, you know, somewhere we've investigated in the UP in Iron County was uh, Beaver Island. Mm-hmm. And it's like a little miniature Greenfield Village in a way. You know, there's a little bar, there's a little house, there's a little church, there's a little this, that. That's in a lighthouse nearby. And that's where we've had some of our craziest activity happen. Well, you need to come here and go just a little north of us, about 20 minutes, and talk to the owners of the Pack House in Ascoda, Michigan, to the get a, yep, to get an investigation in there. That place has been known for years and years to be haunted, including by people that I know um, who worked there and mm-hmm. spent a lot of time there. And it used to even freak them out um, because the activity is so off the charts. So that would be a wonderful place for you guys to come. Yeah, that's somewhere I'll look into, and then I can come visit you. Yeah, come north, come north, come north. Well, wow, we're almost up, uh, you know, for an hour here, which is, like I said, we could probably sit and talk more and more and more, and I'll have to have you come back again. Um, in a couple months so you can tell us what else is new and how things are going down in the inmates uh, (laughs) rooms and uh, um, what else have you guys got going on anything other exciting stuff that you want to share with us yeah I don't know what I'm allowed to say Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I will say that the DPXT 
team tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday will be doing some intense investigative work for a huge project. I'll leave it at that for now. Okay. Um, And where can they find you guys, by the way? DetroitParanormalExpeditions.com and on Facebook at Detroit Paranormal Expeditions. Um, You can find me on my page is just Stephanie Hutnick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, we we have a couple of Paracons coming up. We were going to be at the Toledo Paracon next, uh, this weekend, but due to scheduling, you know, we kind of have to pick and choose our, our things sometimes. Um, I'll be at the biggest, go- you know, September, uh, I think it's September 30th. Is there, it's like the biggest ghost hunt day, it's like National Ghost Hunt Day. Mm-hmm. So I'll be in Bryan, Ohio, at a place called Father John's investigating with a group of people. Um, and I've I've seen other people investigate that place. Definitely has some crazy energy. And, Are you guys um, doing either the Paracons here in Michigan in October? Um. I know there's the mid-Michigan Paracon in Flint. I really want to go because Dan Class is there, the owner of the Hinsdale House, and I really would just love to go see him. Um, I'll be at Mohican Con in Ohio on October 27th at Landel's Mohican Castle. Okay. Uh, That's like a huge psychic and paranormal fair. Um, And then a lot of them are in January. Oh, really? Yeah, or, or a big one in New Hampshire. Hunting the Haunted Paracon, um, good friend Eric Knapp. Uh, it's him and his team's event and uh, crazy guests and lectures and vendors. And I suggest everybody, if they want to make a trip to New Hampshire in the dead of winter, they should go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think if that happens for me, I'll just come down and hitch a ride with you. Uh, but January is my birthday month. So, yeah, you know, Ooh. I might look to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that they've um, done to prepare for this is just amazing, and I'm so proud of them. Um, So definitely a big supporter. Uh, What else do DPX have going on? Um, DPX radios every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. And, you know, what? I'll spill the beans on something right now. Okay. I think it's okay. Um, Me and my co-host Lauren on DPX Radio are Mm -hmm. going to be moving to the girls' version and best more from the Viddy space and haunted space. Awesome! uh, I will also be having my own show on there as well, Um, and we're going to launch in October right at the Girls vs. Ghosts one year anniversary. Awesome! So um, I love working with those two. I'm really big into female empowerment, especially within the field, mm-hmm. because I feel like we, and this is a blanket statement, and I don't want anybody to read too much into it, but a lot to give to this field and to this community of people that are involved in it. And Charlotte and Beth have the same goal is to let your voices be heard and we're not excluding males. So if males want to join the girls versus ghost journey, the more the merrier, but we want to give others a voice. Um, and it's, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun. Ooh, I look excited. forward to it. Make sure you post it in group and over on my page so I can share it with everybody and everybody can see it. Yes, definitely. Thank you. All right. All right, gang. Well, an hour is up. I can't believe it went by that quick, and I love Miss Steph, so you guys have to all check uh, in with her, and she is in group, um, and don't be too concerned if she doesn't give it away. Go ahead and tell them how long I take to respond. No, because she is an inmate of Eloise right now, so we'll we'll give her a break, so... But with that said, uh, till next time here on Spiritually Paranormal, and I thank uh, our wonderful guest, Miss Stephanie Hutnick. And uh, till next time, uh, bear out. See you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening in today on Spiritually Paranormal, as brought to you by the Wolf and the Bear Network. Many blessings of the day to you all. 
Music has been brought to you by Chris Faree and is available over at chrisfaree.com and iTunes.